Hey, what is up and what is good? Week two of the Chattahoochee Valley football season is arrived, and we got several fantastic matchups coming up. And Rex, I think we got some ones that are going to really make a difference going down towards the end of the season as well. Y'all thought week one was good. Week two is about to be even better. The OG high school football preview show is about to kick off. Let's go. Preps on preview. Let's rock. When the final buzzer sounds, the game is over, but their story isn't. Time to hang out on the sidelines and learn the real stories of these sports icons. Welcome to the On Your Sidelines podcast with the News 3 sports team. As Rex Castillo said, the OG high school football show in the Chattahoochee Valley. I'm Jack Patterson. That's Rex Castillo. Welcome to On Your Sidelines presents the Prep Zone preview. And we are here ready to rock for week two. Rex, what were your thoughts on a crazy week one? I was ready for high school football, but I did not expect this kind of excitement to come around. So really excited to see. We already possibly have a, an instant classic with Opelika and Callaway. And before we get to that, Jack, I have to do a public apology. This is a public service announcement. Rex Castillo, not in uh, midseason form. On our top three plays, and I'm talking about an instant classic in uh, Opelika versus Callaway, right? Opelika comes in to Callaway Stadium, takes care of business by winning by one point. A two-point conversion from Roman Gagliano to number seven on Opelika. I got that name wrong. It happens, y'all. Look, I'm not a preseason form. I'm, not, I'm still in like preseason form. I'm kind of a guy who's looking to make the 53 men instead of being a guy who's ready to do it. So I have to give a public apology to number seven. Number number seven in your programs, number one in your hearts for the Opelika Bulldogs. Tegay catching an insane clutch two-point conversion to give Opelika 1-0 and on the season. We're also doing that. On the prep, uh, on the WRBL News 3 sports block, I will tag Opelika football and Tay in that because he deserves his due. But to talk about that game, my goodness, Jack, I couldn't believe it. I'm so glad that Kevin Roble, who is a six-star recruit for us, getting highlights on Friday nights, amazing job capturing that moment, capturing that game and getting those highlights. But I think if there is such a thing as a good loss, which no coach will tell you, right? Nope. That is something Callaway can live off of. You... You uh, barely lost to one of the toughest, and I think one of the toughest pound-for-pound teams in the state of Alabama by one. I think you're pretty much ready for anything at this point. I 100% agree with you, Rex. And, you know, it's something about those two teams in week one drama. Because if you remember last season, Callaway went into Bulldog Stadium in Opelika and won on a game-winning field goal late. Is something about those two teams and two of the better teams in our area just putting on classic after classic after classic. You know, I think they played five times now, and each game has been memorable each time. So, nonetheless, Opelika and Callaway, and we'll talk about both of those teams coming up today. What a freaking game. Just outright insanity. And, you know, Callaway storming out to an early lead and then Opelika fighting all the way back. And, of course, the game-winning touchdown and two-point conversion late. So, what a game by Opelika. But let's fast forward to week two, and we got a impressive slate. And, Rex, we start in LaGrange, Hardaway and Troop County on Thursday night. Let's get right to it. Again, no warming up in the bullpen. Tremendous performance by Tao Todd. We knew this kid was going to be good, Jack. We knew it. He's getting better. That's scary. I'm about to say that's frightening. And so with Hardaway, look, you went you went punch for punch with Carver. Tremendously impressive. Got into uh, a th- uh, into the league going into the half. What I was really impressed with was was their quarterback. And you know, 
Carver has dudes. Sure, you have a you you have guys who are going to LSU. You have five star guys on there. You have guys who are going to Power Five. Hardaway though, they looked great. I mean, it, they're they're still in the uh, early season form, so no one is is kind. Everyone can play, but no one's in tip top shape just yet to play all four quarters. Hardaway I, again, one of those losses. If you can take anything from it. For two for the first half, you had Carver on the ropes. You got to take something from that. Sharpen some things up. Troop though, you have zero room for mistakes. Tanner has those boys ready to go from the gate. And how impressed were you with what you saw? 30, a thirty-three nothing against Harris County. I mean, on on the road too. Yeah, I mean, this you got to remember Harris County beat Troop last year. Yep. You know, and I know things are definitely different at Harris County, but man. I didn't see 33 nothing coming. No. And, you know, Teo looks like freshman Teo. We know he battled a lot of injury last right. year, but he looked like freshman Teo. And he looked like a better version of freshman Teo. That's which scary, once man. again should frighten everybody. If he is if he can stay healthy this year, yep. he's gonna open some eyes this year. One of the best quotes I've always heard about college sports is the best thing about sophomores is that they turn into juniors. Mm-hmm. So now Junior Teo Todd is a guy who knows this competition. He knows what it takes to be a starter in this league. Because, I mean, as a freshman, you kind of just rely on your natural talent. Sophomore, you're still learning. And then dealing with the injury bug, I mean, how can you avoid that? This kid is going to be a force in this region, I think also in this state. I think, didn't he get a Georgia Tech offer like his freshman year? Already. And that's insane. I mean, but we also have to talk about, this is probably, this is a kid who doesn't rely on his natural talent. He sees the field. He he performs well. And we know that Coach Tanner Glisson demands a lot. And he's very smart on the field. I don't know if you notice that whenever you watch him play, but he is so cerebral with how he approaches the right. game and how he approaches, you know, trying to figure out defenses. And it's really incredible to watch. It's And I love that his legs are a great weapon. They're not his only weapon. We saw him drop dimes to kids his freshman and sophomore year. And as we explore that more, last week too, he's only going to get more accurate. He's only going to get stronger. So we'll see how far Troop can go. I'm very excited to see how they can, how far they can go. When I first got here, Kobe Hudson was quarterback and Kobe was a tremendous quarterback, but he was also tremendously athletic, went on to play at Auburn as a wideout, became a tremendous target for them. And he's reunited with Gus Malzahn. So at UCF at UCF. And those guys are probably going to make some noise. I think, Teo is a guy who can take them further, but that's just because of a he has so he has such a high ceiling. I really can't wait to see what they do. Exactly, that I, I'm really interested to see to see this game. Really, really wanting to see. You know, we saw what Hardaway's defense could do against Carver. I want to see what they could do against Teo. I want to see what they could do against that True County offense. Right. So with Carver, it, when that matchup happens, it's going to be tremendous because you guys you got guys like Javion Scoot, uh, Luster who. As kids who are tremendously talented, work just as hard. Mm-hmm. And they had several picks against Hardaway. So the Carver Tigers are yet again dangerous on defense. I think they embrace the challenge. And as we saw, like, from the jump, they want to get back to the state championship. Exactly. And so this, mu- this, so much fun. It's going to be great. It's gonna be so so let's go to another um, week two game on yep. Thursday night. And it's the Shaw Raiders coming off an impressive win yes, against Marion County last week, taking on Kendrick, who was looking to bounce back after their loss against Seminole County. So with the, with the Shaw Raiders, I mean, the emotion there that that program is dealing with, uh, you wouldn't wish that on anybody. You, you lose coach P who for all intents and purposes is the program. He bleeds silver and black. Many of our, many of the teachers we spoke with when we honored him with our, with our stories, it was rare to find coach in anything but Shaw gear. Um, I think when you have a guy like that tremendous amount of talent, 
and that tremendous amount of drive, it, it bleeds into the community. And actually, Jack, I wanted to toss this up to you. You mentioned that Shaw had gone through a transition where the Shaw family atmosphere had somewhat disappeared. Was Coach P the driving force behind that to bring it back? I mean, honestly, yeah. You know, if you go, you know, just seeing from, you know, and I still have, you know, teachers who still taught to still teach there. And I still have, you know, friends that I went to school with that now have kids that go there or have family that goes there. And, you know, things did change for a little bit. But, you know, when you look at where Shaw is now, it is a lot closer to where it was when I was there. And a lot of it is because of what Coach P did. You know, it's a it's a family atmosphere again. And, you know, it hit hard. It yeah. hit hard when Coach P passed away. And, you know, I think what the resolve of what we've seen is not only just the football team, but the school itself. Yeah. To see what they have done to be able to bounce back, you know, it you know, it's a gut punch when you lose somebody like that, especially when you don't see it coming. Nobody saw this coming. No one saw it coming, but again, it's God's timing, and for, we have to trust in it, and it's not easy. Exactly. When and, th- oh, go ahead. Sorry. And, you know, when that when something like that happens, and especially when, you know, you're dealing with kid, you know, kids 14, 18 years old, you know, who in some cases may have not have dealt with anything like this in their lives. That's true. This could be the first major loss in a lot of their exactly. lives. Exactly. So, it, you know, it, it's a blow. Yeah. But, man – I I continue to be impressed by how this team has responded, how this school has responded, and you saw it on the field Friday night. Like this is a school, a team that you know are they were they perfect on Friday night? No, I mean last Thursday night against Marion County, no, right? But they Shout were out to Marion County though. They had some tremendous plays in that, exactly, including that Calvin Josie interception. But you know that show team. I, I saw something that I hadn't seen out of them in a while, and that was the ability to run the ball well. You know, there have been times where, you know, they try to run the ball and they get, you know, stacked up at the line. You know, but I saw something different out of them, and they were able to run the ball well. The defense was swarming all over the place, whether it was the pass rush or the DBs. You know, I'm not sitting here and telling you that Shaw's going to be a state championship contender. That'd be the right. Cinderella story that you know the, that our movie that movies are made out of. Sure, but you know, I I will say that you know that Shaw team played hard on Thursday night, and I expect them to play hard again on this Thursday night against a Kendrick team that's going to be motivated to do something after they came up short against Seminole County last week. You know, they're going to be ready. You know, they want to get that bad taste out of their mouth. Sure. You know, they, they have a new coach there as well. Absolutely. And they're looking to, you know, build a culture there. You know, they're trying to get things back on track. You know, that's a school that has a lot of history. We always talk about Del McGee at Carver. Yep. Del McGee played at Kendrick. You know, and there's a lot of people at Kendrick who are hoping and praying that this is the time where this team comes back to relevancy. I would love to see that. I really would. Uh, I think it is fair to say that Kendrick will be the underdog in a lot of their games. But I think at the same time, there's tremendous amount of pride from this alumni fan base. We have one alum here in Teresa Whitaker, and they're just hungry for success back at their alma mater. Exactly. It's not hard to ask for that. It's going to take a lot just because of the talent in this in this area. I mean, you deal with the Spencers, the Carvers, and the Hardaways of the world. Um, so I think Kendrick has a tremendous opportunity every week to try and get better. I know a lot of kids may hear the trash talking, but use that as motivation and just look. Don't worry about the outside noise. Focus on what you can do for Kendrick football. Mm-hmm. And you have leaders there who can help you. 
Just listen, pay attention, and you'll be great. That's all we can ask you for. Now, don't try and be Carver because you can't. Carver can be Carver longer than you can. Spencer can be Spencer longer than you can. I think the Cherokees have a tremendous amount of opportunity to find those diamonds in the rough to, to rise up. And here's a great opportunity against Shaw. Um, I, but again, with Shaw, I think uh, you hit the nail right on the head, the resolve, the fortitude, and the courage to perform the way they have. You know, Coach P is going to be part of this program. That's just going to be part of their story. That's what Coach Harrison told Exactly. Me. We stopped by and practice a little spoiler and maybe a little tease. You'll hear from the Shaw Raiders later, later this week. Um, but I think a lot of positivity has come out, out of, you know, the, how, how wide Coach P's touch was. You see kids, <coughs> sorry, you see, you see all alums all rallying together. You mentioned it on social media, how much people are, are pouring back into the Shaw program. Not, all of the programs, not just football, but football will be the bell cow. Now to the X's and O's of Kendrick. If you run the ball, man, that means it's get ready for a long day. I mean, Shaw is a physical, motivated team. And those are two things that are extremely dangerous for any football team to have heading exactly. into a matchup. You're he- now you are heading into a short week for both of these teams. You can't afford to have mistakes. And I think again, the stage is set. Why not? Why not something crazy happen? I want to see the Kendrick Cherokees do well. I just want this entire, I want this region to be competitive. No one wants to be the doormat. And exactly. I, I'm not calling Kendrick the doormat by any by any means. But you're going to have an uphill fight against everyone. So embrace it and see what happens. Us against the world. Is that that's it? Just use that mentality and see what happens. And um, as far as this Thursday go, I, I would give Shaw the slight edge when it comes to the ability to win this game. And I think they get off to a great two and zero start. And credit to them to those players as well. You had to start back from ground zero because Coach Harrison just wanted to coach with his good friend uh, in Coach Pellegrino. But as the head coach, he ran he runs a very different system. Exactly, a completely different offense. So running the ball. A signature of a Blair Harrison offense, as yep. we saw at his time at Brookstone. So I think that's a tremendous equalizer, especially if you can do it well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And just remember, this game last year was a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So don't don't sleep. Don't sleep on the Cherokees. Don't, don't sleep on the Cherokees. It was a lot of fun last year. It was a good game. So hopefully we'll see more of the same on Thursday night. Amen. And Rex, yes, something that we have never, ne- at least in my 10 years on the prep zone, mm. that we have never covered, but that will change on Thursday night. What's that? Eight-man football. Let's go. The Springwood Wildcats hosting Southern Prep on Thursday night up in Lynette. And (laughs) Rex, you have experience with eight-man football from your time in Texas. I I need you to give me a crash course here. Okay, so with eight-man football, y'all, if you're a fan of arena football, you're going to love this. This game is fast. It's fun. At times, frantic. But I think what it does, it gives kids the ability to explore the sport of football with its mental toughness, with its challenges for your mental toughness, its physical demands, its grit, all of that stuff combined into a game that I think allows smaller schools to enjoy the sport. Eight-man football in West Texas was wild. It is a a much smaller field, and it gives schools that you... If you're going to play 11-man football with 12 kids on the roster, you're not going to have a good time. The other team's going to run over you. No one's going to have a good time by the time the first quarter ends. And it's just something to be endured. It's like watching a really bad movie and no one wants to be involved. Now, again, there are schools out there that can do that. I'm just saying numbers-wise, it's not smart. Now, with eight-man football, if you love arena ball, and we did actually a little inside behind the scenes here, we had a tremendous talk about the uh, the AFL in the office yes. and how great it was on NBC. Anyway, we digress. Um, 
the thing is with eight man football, we're going to see a lot of action, but it's going to be a great mental exercise for these kids as well. Cause so much is coming at you so fast. I'm really excited to see what Springwood can do now. Yeah. Springwood won't compete with like the Glenwoods and the Lee Scott's of the world, but you have a tremendous opportunity to create a legacy again. Again, all these things, Jack, where people can look at it negatively, just look at it as an opportunity. Exactly. Why not? So I think we're, I'm kind of jealous because Springwood is a little further out there because I need to be closer to the station. Jack is going to another game. Kevin Robel, knock on wood, if everything works out, is going to be our guy covering this game. I'm so jealous because I it, can't wait to see the highlights. It's going to be, <laughs> I have to readjust. We had several schools in West Texas. For those of you, a uh, little background check. My first job in sports was in San Angelo, Texas. If you have to Google where this place is, I don't blame you. But there was even tinier towns where they had played eight-man football, and they had tremendous pride in it. And I'm so excited that that game comes here. It's basically arena football outside. I think it's great. There's a lot of ingenuity, a lot of uh, thinking on your feet, and an opportunity to see some pretty cool football in just a different way. Is it? It's just different. That doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. So I'm, I'm excited for it. I can't wait to see it. Eight-man football, baby. Exactly. It's something that we have not had here in the Chattahoochee Valley, at you least. You said you've never covered it in this area. I've never covered it in this area. I this, think, wow, this will, okay. This will be the first highlight that we ever have of eight-man football in my 10 years working on this show. Well, I'm I'm glad to be breaking new ground with you, brother. This is going to be so, fun. So I can't wait personally to see it. You <laughs> oh, know, man. it's going to be an eye-opener for me. We probably have to set the stage. We'll, we'll, we'll do another thing in the, in the prep zone. Like, hey, look, we've been doing 11-man. Get ready for eight-man ball, baby. This is going to be great. I, I Like I said, I personally cannot wait. So get ready to see positions like quarterback, wide receiver, running back, and safety for one kid. It's going mm-hmm. to be awesome. It's going to be a whole gonna lot be great. of fun. I can't wait for it. And that you'll see that Thursday night. Let's do it. So uh, Springwood hosting Southern Prep. Let's go over to Friday. Let's stay in Lynette, however. <laughs> this rivalry game, Valley and Lynette. And, you know, Valley coming off of a – Tough loss of yeah. the Hanley last week. And then Lynette with the shutout of Nota Soga last week, Absolutely. getting Clifford Story his 110th win. You talked to Coach Story over the week. And, man, you, for how impressive Lynette looked, you wouldn't know it by how many seniors is on that squad. There are, at times, Coach Story told me that he had maybe one or two seniors on the field. And so – also, just the tremendous thing he's done in the tiny in a tiny town in East Alabama. Jack had mentioned this to me before that we've actually had photographers miss Lynette on the way to cover a game. Yep. Just because Lynette isn't the Birmingham's of the world, it's not Auburn, shoot, it's not even Huntsville. He has found a way to demand excellence and and create champions with what was given to him. He had a plan when he came to Lynette, and it was never to be the winningest head football coach there. But since I've been here, Jack, winning has always been associated with Lynette. Agreed. And I think it's one of those things that, look, if you put in the work, you put in the time, you put in the dedication, good teams will find you. Christian Story and his brother Caden are in Power 5 schools and at programs that have won national championships. Yep. Christian, uh, from what I've talked heard from Coach Story, is going to get playing time in, de- uh, in the defense as a very smart DB with the Alabama Crimson Tide. And Caden, as a f- true freshman is already getting reps with the ones and twos at Clemson. So they big old boys who can ball. And Coach Story demands a lot. When it, one of the most impressive things that I've seen in, um, in a Lynette practice is that Coach Story does not talk down to kids. He does not. He demands a lot. But he treats that the way he would, he would coach them, I promise you, is the same way he would coach a Power 5 school. Mm-hmm. He demands excellence. And they demand to be elite at Lynette. And everyone has bought into that. 
That is so special. Now, yeah, they're competing in, uh, you said 1A this year, right? 2A. They're back up in 2A. They kind of fluctuate with the numbers. What I saw against Notasoga was a team that can is ready to make a run at the state championship. And on the record, Coach Story said, I have a bunch of young boys on this team. They really don't know how to play football just yet. My line, they're just, they're very big. They're large. They have tremendous upside. I'm going to get two cha- state championships out of this squad when they grow up. That shit. He said, not one. He, he looked at me dead in my eye and said, on the record, I'm getting two state championships Listen, out of this team. I don't take Coach Story at hyperbole here. Nope. And... If he says that he's got a team that could go win two state championships, that should frighten everybody. And look, they're probably going to do it in basketball too because that's what they do. They just roll off the football field and then go go right onto the hardwood. So I think no matter – you can put them up against Central and they'll they'll fight as much as they can. Um, I think, again, there are a lot of questions without Caden, without an actual story child on the field. Which is weird. Very strange. But at the same time, they're, they're talented all across the all across the board. A lot of the names are escaping me. And after getting Tegay's name wrong, I'm going to try to avoid that right now. But there there are opportunities for this team to... They run the ball extremely well. They have they have a tremendous offense. Sure, they made some mistakes against Notasoga. But, uh, you know, I think that's just... Um, uh, they were so blessed with guys like Christian and Caden and all of their peer groups who understood football. Sure, you have a blank slate. That that just happens in football. I mean, especially if you work in high schools where kids graduate. But I think you're in an opportunity now where, like, you're laying the foundation now. So not for 2022, but 2023, 2024, 2025. They're either going to be in Bryant-Denny or Jordan-Hare Stadium competing for a state championship or back in Birmingham. Well, yep. Y'all have fun dealing with the Lynette Panthers. Mm-hmm. They're back. And this is the other thing. Coach Story has had opportunities to go to bigger schools. Like, why wouldn't a 7A school look at Clifford Story and say, look, we'll pay you X amount of dollars, and we'll move you to a bigger school. We'll give you more resources. Because as Coach said, Lynette is special. Lynette is a family to him. He's from that. He's from Lafayette. His wife's from Lynette. The irony in that. (laughs) Yeah, that Lafayette High did not hire him. They're punching them. I'm sure that there are conversations that need to be had. But Lafayette, the Lafayette native goes to Lynette and makes – Lynette into this powerhouse. It's tremendous. Exactly. And then let's talk about the Valley Rams here. They Hanley, Buster Daniel is oh, Hanley is one of those teams that you have to write into the final four. Right? Exactly. Right. Hanley is one of the state powers in the, in Alabama. Okay. Right. Especially when you're talking mid tier schools and shout out to Hanley high school for allowing the Morgan Washburn kickoff to yeah, the, happen. The kickoff classic. classic. The, the, they're kicking out this new classic between Notasoga, uh, Lochapoco, Lafayette, and Lynette. Mm-hmm. Um, look, Morgan Washburn Stadium, Mother Nature had other plans, so it wasn't ready. Shout out to Hanley for letting them do that. Agreed. I think it was a trim. Hanley's facilities, sidebar, tremendous. <laughs> so when you have that much success, you get stuff like that. So Valley, look, you were going up against a, a Titan. And lost by one. By one. Like, On the road. Who, that, again, if there are such things as a good loss, you got to take a lot of... Value. There's things you could take away from that right. game. Right. You can build yourself up. Valley, after they lost Buster Daniel, had guys who... what what There was a, a quarterback, KD. I forgot yeah, his last KD name. KD Hutchison. Who was a walking highlight. And I think it's going to be... You build off that. You build off that momentum. Valley and Lynette always have something to play for. Exactly. It's, it's, it's the school right across the bridge. Exactly. And yeah, I remember Valley is... Be kind of owning this rivalry as a late. They kind of have. And that's a, that's a numbers and a talent thing. So, Lynette, younger squad. We'll see what happens, but... It's always a fight between these two teams. It's always a fight, and experience is one heck of a teacher, man. 
So we'll I, slight edge to the Val, the Valley Rams here, but always really excited to see this set, the stage set. Rivalries already in week. And two. you know that Coach Adam Hunter will have those Rams ready to play. Absolutely, losing by one that's going to make me mad for week two. Mm-hmm. Speaking of teams ready to play, Rex, yes sir, and that had incredible week one performances. Uh huh. Northside at Lagrange. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so this was a matchup I was ready for like week five. But, all right, let's do it. Malachi Hosley is going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. I think both you and I had the same sentiments online. Was that Malachi Hosley's going uh, to be Like, what, 11 carries, almost 150 yards, and four touchdowns in week one? A dude. So, uh, another young man who was riddled with injury, unfortunately, last season. He's just ready to run out of the gates and carry the Patriots as long as they can. But they're not They're not only Malachi. They're, you know, they're, there's a tremendous amount of talent throughout Throughout the offensive line, but as uh, also on the defense, look, they showed what they could do against Columbus High. I understand that Columbus High has the struggles, but Northside playing to their standards is going to be great. However, with all due respect to Columbus High, Lagrange is just playing at a different level right now. You saw how they played against Miss Station. Yeah, I yikes! <laughs> this Lagrange squad, you know, I saw them in the scrimmage against Harris County, and I saw them in the scrim in the in their first game against Miss Station, and. There's a, a just a smoothness about how they are operating right now. Yeah, it's like they're operating at a mid-season, late-season level, which in week one, that that it, it doesn't compute almost. So I, now we have now we're in a situation where Northside wants to be the team to take that next step. I think like Lagrange, Matt Napier's system is solidly in. Everyone understands it. Everyone knows it, and you can do it without thinking. That's happening in Lagrange. They're getting to that level in, in Northside. I'm, I'm going to say, I think Northside's there too. They're getting there, Northside. I mean, yeah, you're talking about year three for both of these coaches for Andrew Orpeza and for Matt Napier. Yeah. Year three for both of those coaches. And you know, yeah, Northside was plagued by injury last year. Sure. And you know, to an extent, so was Lagrange. When you lose a guy, I remember Elio McMore, who was a tremendous mm-hmm. baseball player, goes down with a really bad knee injury. When you lose the quarterback, that's that's hard, man. I mean, it's that's tough. tough, especially in high school, man. It's tough, but we saw what Northside can do when they're healthy. And then Lagrange just looked outright fantastic against Miss Station last week, especially in the second half. I will, and I think we'll be honest, dude. This was a close contender for game of the week. Absolutely, this was like, a this one's gonna be fun. Yeah, I can't call it, Jack. I neither can I. Neither I can I. I. I'm really excited that we have a lot of this talent, as we mentioned, like guys like Malachi who who jump off the page. These guys are want their due. Exactly. Um, Jalen Brown had a fantastic game against Smith Station, and so did AJ Tucker. Like Lagrange, AJ got, Tucker is a dude. When he gets the ball, bad things are going to happen to your defense. Like I could, I like I sit here thinking four seconds left in the in the quarter. Lagrange, they're just going to take a get knee, a, get yeah take get a in knee, halftime three yard gain. We'll, we'll go into the locker room, whatever. Yeah, and he House it. <laughs> he rips off a fifty four yard <laughs> touchdown run as time expires. So there there is something to be said about that kind of mindset, though. Like Lagrange has been for a long time before Napier got there, a guy, a, a program that was just in the afterthought. Callaway was on the rise. Troop was the flashy, um, incredible team that was giving us, you know, five star recruits and guys who go to Power Five. Lagrange had tremendous history, but we always thought that their glory years were in the yesteryear. Not, Not anymore. anymore. <laughs> Coach Napier has those boys rolling, and I'm really excited. And I'm really excited to see what Northside does as well. Absolutely. This is going to be a contender for not, I don't think not just game of the week, but probably game of the year. You think we, so we got a, we got a potential one of those in Opelika Callaway. You really think this is going to be another one? I think these two teams just match up well together. I think this is yeah, going to be true. a really good game. I will also give a huge shout out to the Northside 
student section and the Columbus High student section, it made me miss Friday nights even more than I expected. Like Those two student sections Fridays, hit different, man. They really do. They go at it. And shout out to Northside, a great blackout uh, call out. And they it's all a whiteout. Uh, wait, no. That's another school. That's I'm another. Sorry. That's yeah. another school. Anyway, we know that Northside's going to show up, and we know Lagrange is going to show up. Callaway. It's going to be fun. On, it's going to be fun on Friday night at Callaway Stadium. That's Absolutely. for certain. And then Rex. Yeah. About I, that time. It's about that time. About that time. It's about that time. Once again, the Heritage Bowl. Spencer and Carver. Big old family reunions, huh? Mm-hmm. So again, uh. Not just a game, not it's just an game. event. It's really an event. It is a, an event that they mark down on the calendar. I think if you listen to the uh, radio stations when you're driving your cars, radio stations are talking about it. And this has been Carver's rivalry, mm-hmm. especially in recent years. And I think one of the great storylines that we have, yes, I'm wearing green. I know what I'm t- uh, if you're watching the video part of this, I'm wearing green. I have, well, my girlfriend's grandma is a, a graduate of Spencer. So, you know, got to make, got to make them happy. But I think we're in a situation where, Spencer's experience, especially a quarterback, could pay dividends finally. I like once again, I think this game is closer than a lot of people think. Yeah. I mean, Carver has owned it, uh, you know, tremendous respect to what Corey Joyner has done with the, the Carver Tigers. And um, Pierre Coffey's there now. He used to be the head coach at Spencer. Joe Kegler's the head coach at Spencer. He used to be the head coach at Carver. So, I mean, this is like. For lack of a better term, this is the HBCU classic at the high school level for us. Yeah, pretty much. And it's outstanding to see the energy there. And when you have championship experience, understandably, a lot of basketball players for Spencer, they they won the state title last they year. They know how to win at the biggest level. Now they want to do it in football. That says a lot. So, you're yeah, this is week two, but they're going to demand a lot. A 34 nothing win on the road, too, at Greenville. That counts for something now. Yep. So, the offense is clicking. Uh, Greenville might be, you know, have their own roadblocks in their way, but... You can't mis- make mistakes against this Carver defense. No. And at the same time, you know, Carver, they had a slow start against Hardaway. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Yeah. And, then, you know, they bounced back in a big way in the second half. Huge way in the second half. But here's the thing. I don't think you could do that against Spencer. Nope. Novell Dean is the, is the quarterback for uh, – I hope I got that right. You did. All right. So he's the quarterback for Carver. And you have guys like Jamari. All these guys understood what was in front of them. You learn from DJ Riles. You learn from Flip Credo. You learn from all these guys who went on to big-time schools and did a lot of stuff for this school. Now they want to put their own stamp on it. Jamari Riley's tired of being the guy who was behind Flip. He learned a lot from Flip, so he wants to be his own man. Mm-hmm. Javion, you know, I was, he was there with Antonio Watts. But Scoot now wants to be his own guy. Darren Reed wants to be the guy. Mike uh, Merriweather wants to be hit that guy. So we're I'm really excited to see what can happen. All these kids are bought in on the Carver side. And I again, you have brought this up multiple times. Gary Gaither's a guy. Mm-hmm. He's a baller. So this could be one of his biggest challenges. Again, I wish it was kind of a region thing because, you know, but now it's a 2A, 3A uh, situation. It's 3A versus 2A. So... But shoot, this might as well be the this might be the uh, you know the uh, Home Depot SEC game of the week, a three thirty kickoff on a Saturday. But I mean, really, pretty much. What imp- one thing I thought that you brought up in the office that was really unique. What was the last time Spencer beat Carver? Who was the head coach? Pierre Coffey in twenty seventeen, and now he's the head coach over there. So they understand the magnitude of this game. For you, what's kind of going to be an X factor here? Man, honestly, I it's going to be which team can get off to a good start. Yeah. It's going to, that's what's going to be, you know, we saw Spencer last week. They got off to a good start day and they didn't look back. No, exactly. You know, Carver, they had their struggles and they now, I mean, struggles. they blew out Hardaway in the second half, but like I said, I just don't know if you can get away with that 
against this Spencer team mm-hmm. who's got momentum after pitching a shutout last week. You know they want to get back in that win and, column. And, you know, I went out and talked with it. You know, we're taping this Tuesday. Right. I went out and talked to the team today. They know how important. They they know what when's the last time they won this game. There's not a person on that Spencer roster that was there the last time they won. Why not make some history, right? So they know, they know how important it is, but at the same time, you know, just as much as I talked to the Carver guys on Monday, they know how important this is too. Because you don't want to be that first team to give up a loss, right? Exactly. It's a big old family reunion, but, you know, you get to see your cousins in a different uniform. You just want to punch your cousin in the mouth at some time. So this is going to be a real – just want to reach out and hit somebody. Yeah, I mean, why not? But I think what I love about what this is – if I had to bring people who weren't from Columbus – to understand how big Columbus football is to this community, this is the game you. I'm gonna say you bring them to this game. There's gonna be good food. There's gonna be great environment. A lot of a lot of people gonna show up at McClung, uh, AJ McClung Memorial Stadium. So I mean, just another chapter in this rivalry. I'm gonna give the slight edge, the very slight edge to Carver right now. But, but I, I, don't, I like I said, Gary's a I, guy. I man. think this game is closer than a lot of Tyson think. McDaniel's a dude like going to be one of those really dangerous targets. That defense pushed a shutout last week. You mm-hmm. can't you can't discredit that. And speaking of rivalries, right? Yes, sir. We go from one rivalry to another. Oh boy, let's cross the river. Yep, the backyard brawl, Here Central we go. and Smith Station. You're talking about a Smith Station team that's looking to bounce back after that <laughs> loss to Lagrange, yeah. and then you got a Central team who went toe to toe with a top five team in Hewitt Trustville and came out with a 20 point win. State runner ups are looking to make a big statement back again in 7A. I mean, this is a team that, uh, if you're a Central fan, you demand excellence. It's kind of like being an Alabama Crimson Tide yeah, fan pretty or, an, much. or an Auburn Tiger fan. I'll say Auburn Tigers because Patrick Nix was a former Auburn Tiger. But it's one of these things where like they demand a lot of excellence. They expect to win these close games. You bring in the Hoovers, the IMGs, the Hewitt Trustvilles, and IMGs coming. You bring in all those... September 23rd. You bring in all those guys and you expect to win. I think one thing that Central is so good at is playing to their standard. And what impresses me every year is you have guys who are going to big-time schools. A.J. Harris is going to headline that conversation, obviously. The five-star going to Georgia. Congratulations, by the way. And Tamarian Parker, who now has the world as his oyster at this point. Who A.J. Harris is trying to recruit. So, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, but you you see the talent across the field. Caleb Nix isn't there anymore. But, but Jalen Epps is. Jalen Epps is balling right now. There is, you know, the, if Central rolls out what they can do and play up to their standard – I don't know who can beat them other than the Auburns and Thompsons and, you know, the elite of the elite. Having said that, Smith Station is go- has been the underdog in all, almost all the matchups that I remember. But Coach Glisson has done a tremendous job making them relevant. But let's be honest, like Smith Station for a long time might have been the afterthought in a lot of these matchups. But Smith Station football is trying to develop that gritty mentality. You're going to need to bring every ounce of that. I'll just be honest from an observer's point of view. Yes, this is going to be an uphill fight for the Panthers. Can it be done? Crazier things have happened on Friday, right? Jackson Greer, I think having his experience again, to have experience at 7A ball at this level in this region is credit for something. And let's just be honest. You know, this is a team that, you know, in the first half, they were going toe-to-toe with LaGrange. And I think scheduling LaGrange was very smart of Coach Glisson. You don't want to schedule a team that you'll run over. Heading into the central game. Exactly. You got great competition. You got great lessons and you grew and you faced a tremendous defense. You're going to need every single last one of those lessons to go up against what Central's going to march out. Right. Exactly. So you were there at central seeing what they did against you at trustful. I, I think you saw the first half even yes, they're all going to deal with like the, the defense is ahead of the offense. It's just, you know, 
It just happens. You play. Man, the defense looked incredible. So they're swarming. They're, like they, they had you would trust as a quarterback running for his life. Which is great news for cent- the Central Red Devils because down the line, you're going to need that in the, in the 7A playoffs mm-hmm. and teams like Auburn and teams like IMG when they come in. This is a team that's ready to embra- embrace and capture destiny. Smith Station, look, you're going to be in an uphill fight, but still what? Put on the helmets, put on the pads, and let's see what happens. Any given Friday night. Any given Friday night. I think Jackson Greer needs to, you know, he's going to have to play at an elite level to do that. And they understand that. And talking about teams that know they've been on the other side of the rivalry, they understand that. It's been a rivalry. The backyard brawl hasn't, the, the trophy hasn't been in Smith Station that much since I've been here. Who knows what could happen, though? Any given Friday. Let's do night. it. Let's go to another rivalry back in Columbus at Connect mm-hmm. Stadium. Jordan in their season opener yes, taking sir. on the Columbus Blue Devils who are looking to bounce back after their loss to Northside. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked at, you know, at length about this Jordan program. They have come a long way. And, you know, to go back to what Cadell Jenkins said at Muskogee County Media Days, the fact that they take the field on Friday night is a win in itself. And I think we that can't be over that can't be overstated enough. Cadell Jenkins was, I think, the right man for the right place at the right time. Duke Overson tried to do everything he could. And look, he he was hampered by um the, the COVID pandemic that that still unfortunately, you know, r- went, went rampant through the team. And just low numbers like that. That's stuff outside of his control. He's a good coach who, who did tremendous things in his career. This was just a hurdle and a hill that was, I would say any coach would have trouble conquering. Yeah. You were there though at uh, Muskogee County media day. Shout out to Jeff battles and all of his staff putting that together. That Agreed. was outstanding. How emotional was that? Was, were those Jordan players to get ready to play? They're ready, man. They're ready. That's, that's exciting. They are ready. Listen, this is a group of kids who went through it last year. Yeah, man. I mean, to be able to to be told that you cannot play. Outside of them, like that is something outside of their control. Exactly. The nothing that they did. You weren't bad did, kids. Yeah, you did everything right. Mm-hmm. You did everything the coaches asked you to do. But because of things that were out of your control, you can't play. That would demolish me. And not even midway through the season. It was like week three or four. They played four games last year. Four games. And you get to, you have to sit back and see everybody else in your peer group at every other school play. Exactly. You have to watch Carver go to the state championship. Exactly. Like, that would kill me. And, you know, and those kids are motivated, man. Now you finally get to reach out and hit somebody else on Friday. Exactly. And that's, that's literally what they are ready. So. Uh, that was what Rashawn Guilford said. Like, listen, I'm ready to go play. I'm ready to go hit somebody. <laughs> I think what Blankenship also said that is like, hey, um, what, who, you know, let's let's add let's add the first player he hits to the prayer list. Mm-hmm. Like, I I am so excited to see them get their due. It is tremendous to see kids put in this amount of work and just have a regular season. You have taken away what ten weeks away from them, plus the whole plus the, a whole calendar year. You took away a season from them, and in the most unfair fashion. You're going to see and, passion fly and, around. And, and, and let's just be honest. Yeah. Like, it was a tough situation around. I know the people yeah. at Jordan didn't want to do it that way. But, I mean, when you have COVID, COVID issues plus injuries, you know, the worst, the one thing you couldn't do is take a team out there that was not ready. Or Yeah, or just, like, they were just going to be put in position to get hurt. Exactly. They were going to try and play, like, I think the, the coaching staff at the time was trying to put it together like a – a JV schedule mm-hmm. um, or just play ninth grade teams because the kids wanted to play. Now it's like, all right, look, I'm sorry that happened. Go play. Exactly. Put it, all the frustration that you had, 
put it into Friday night and see what happens. I'm really excited to see that game too. Exactly. I, normally a game that would kind of be under the radar. This it really would. With storylines though and understanding this community and understanding what these kids have gone through, this is going to be a great game. Exactly. And then you're talking about a Columbus team who they have a lot of players that are looking to make a statement. Uh-huh. And they didn't really get a chance to against Northside. Outmanned. It's one of those things it's, that like. It's just one of those deals. Look, any team's going to have a hard time sl- stopping Malachi Hosley, okay? Exactly. So I think you have tremendous shoes to fill. JPP and Robert Edwards aren't there anymore, plus a plethora of seniors that aren't there anymore. And look, Coach, I think Coach Marino pointed it out. We had a ton of kids sign at the next level. That's exactly. a great That's a great testament to what we're doing at Columbus High. Mm-hmm. The next thing is you got to find people to replace them. Exactly. So I think they, they understand that that challenge when you get that re, the dose of reality against Northside. All right, here we go against Jordan. It's a learning experience. And just take those lessons and move forward. It's, this is a game that I honestly can't wait to see. It's going to be great, man. I think it's really exciting to see those storylines. Speaking of games that we can't wait to see. Yes, sir. For some reason, they are already in region play in Class 7A in Alabama. We already talked about Central Smith Station. Auburn oh, yeah, going are. to Enterprise. <laughs> Week two. Week two, baby. I, Auburn high. What a win against Hoover. I mean, look, Coach Etheridge made it clear, like, we, we're used to playing in these big games, and we want to. We want to be talked about about the upper echelon of high school football in the state. So I think, you, I think that was obvious last year when they scheduled IMG. Yeah, and almost beat them. They gave, they gave them one of the closest games IMG had that on that schedule. Yep. They only lost by 10. Mm-hmm. So And it was closer than that. Going to Enterprise, a team that's also rich in history, and the weird, weird offense that they have. Talk about needing for discipline. But you have a ton of seniors. I think they have like 30-plus seniors on that roster mm-hmm. right now. Uh, you go to the Crampton Bowl. You, uh, gosh, I can't wait for them to finally play in the duck. But – a team like Enterprise is a team that you can't sneeze at. They're always nope. going to be a deep playoff team. They're always going to be a team ready to make, you know, punch their ticket to the state finals as well, state championship game. I'm ex- Region play already, huh? Exactly. Shoot, why not make all the games count right now? No warming up in a bullpen. Absolutely not. But keep well, that- no, your warm-up was Hoover. <laughs> right, that was the warm-up. But I think what Keith Etheridge has done, I want to get your side on that too. What he's done there. And, you know, Clyde Pittman's back. Davis, Har- Davis Harson is back. You have to understand what this team went through. You know, it, it feels like a long time ago, but it was not that long ago that state championship game against Thompson. I'm not going to go into it because I'm not trying to Y'all know. Y- y'all saw it. Y'all know it. I'm, gonna say, I'm not trying to reopen old wounds here. But you know what happened. Guys, that did feel like a lifetime ago, didn't if, it? It feels like a long time ago, but it was honestly two seasons ago. And then they had a close loss against Central to mm-hmm. win at Garrett Harrison Stadium. I mean, that's always a brawl. This is a team that wants to make a statement. Exactly. There's a lot they've of chips on that a, shoulder. They've come a long way. Uh-huh. Hey, you got to remember, this is just year two for Keith Etheridge. The magic that he's pulled off at Auburn High. I'm telling you. So, I mean, we're at a point now, like, you have to talk about them in the in the uh, state championship conversation. Yeah, Central, absolutely, dude. Central wants to say something about that. I mean, man. That, that game is going to be nuts, as it usually is. As it usually is. But, but against Enterprise, this is a team that you have to take super seriously, don't you? Exactly. You got to remember a couple. It wasn't that long ago either that Central went down to Enterprise and Enterprise upset them. You know, it Wildcat, can happen. Wildcats can also, yeah. Wildcats are in the business of ruining dreams. Weird, weird things happen in that stadium, okay? Very much so. Very much so. But good luck to Auburn. We can't see what happens on Friday. Exactly. And then the Opelika Bulldogs coming off of that insane right. win over Callaway. Yeah. 
going for win number 600 in program history wow. as they take on the Jeff Davis Volunteers at Bulldog Stadium. And I think what's going to be tremendous about that is that Eric Speakman is, is a man who has been with that program. I think he, he double-digit years mm-hmm. as an assistant, gets the head coaching job, and a lot of people were like, it was about that time. Yep. It was about doggone time that a guy like Speakman who loves our, that community, loves that program, and loves that team gets an opportunity to lead, and he's done a tremendous job. The right man at the right time. Right man, right time. And I think, again, he and Coach Glisson brought up this fact at East Alabama Media Days that no one schedules them for out-of-region play. Because Opelika, we were also joking at times when they were in 6A that they would schedule 7A powerhouses. Like, okay, Clemson wasn't available. Exactly. So now they are a 7A school. Now they are a 7A school. Jeff Davis coming in, coming into, uh, I'll be honest, kind of a lion's den or a a bulldog pit. Because when you have the opportunity to make that kind of history, it's special. And it mm-hmm. comes around every once and in a while. And you get to do it at home. At home with a guy who has been born and bred in the coaching degree, in the coaching you know realms of that arena. I'm going to be really excited to see what Coach Speakman and his boys can do and what Tay Gay can do and Roman, Ga- Roman Gagliano. Can we talk about him? Yes. A guy who has been super solid in that role as the Opelika starting quarterback because he was always in a battle with, like, four other dudes. Exactly. He has put his own – he has put his stamp on that quarterback position. 100%. He is the absolute leader of that team at that position, and he's a guy who's putting his body on the line. Like, gosh, he did, like, the Matt Leinart. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost, they almost needed a bush push to get him into the end zone. Google that if you don't know who those people are. But I think – man. man, look, we're, we're, we're getting up there. The old 6 Rose Bowl has been a minute. It's been a minute. Gosh, Rex, you didn't have to do that. Look, okay. Um, but 16 the, years ago. Yeah, man. So, Roman Gagliano is a guy who has been super calm under pressure. Look, I think, what did they lose to Hueytown in, in the playoffs? Like third or fourth? Yeah. They, they gone to the third or fourth round every single time. They do it every year. So, I think with Roman, he's a guy who understands the stage and understands the community. Bulldog Stadium is going to be late on Friday. And I'm excited to see them pull this off, possibly. That's going to be a tremendous feat. It will be huge for that Bulldog family. For and I sure. on, and I honestly give them the edge in this game as well because there's so much on the line. And, and not to mention they got all the momentum coming off of that incredible game last week. Oh, I, that was the that was the Bray Wyatt we're here moment to seven mm-hmm. a. Seven a is now on alert. Opal like is here, y'all. Yep, they're they're excited. I think they're just excited to finally be on the big stage. Mm-hmm. And they've already played all these teams anyway, so <laughs> that was right. Like, oh, we're gonna play Auburn and Central, y'all. We've been doing this as non as non region games anyway. Like, exactly. Now they just count. I mean, whatever. Exactly. I mean, they counted already for if you look at them. Yeah, I mean, and Coach Peek was like, no, now we're back in our normal shoes. And who who says that? Especially in this region in 7A. Like, hey, this is where we belonged all the time. That's a scary man, dude. They're built different, right? That's a, that's a scary mindset to have. And you're absolutely right. They are built different in Opal. Exactly. And then we had another one of these matchups last yeah. week that you, know, you just never thought you'd see them. Oh, but, yeah. Pacelli and Glenwood? Yeah. How about Brookstone and Glenwood? Go ahead and welcome in the, in the Cougars into Gator Stadium. I think Ryan Nelson has done – look, the the rallying around Ryan Nelson, not only from former Central Red Devils that he was with, that, that he's back in the area. Now he gets to go on the – he gets to bring that kind of competition home. Glenwood's going to be crazy. The Swamp's going to be crazy. Now, you were there at the game. How impressed were you with a guy who basically has to reset the culture to, to do what they did at Pacelli? Because Dymo Field is not an easy place to play. No, it's not. So and, how impressed were you with what the And the listen, did? they battle. Mm-hmm. They bat, they battle with Pacelli. And, you know, that's, once again, you just don't go in a Dymo, Dym, a Dymo Field, rather. Yeah, there is a diamond on there. but you There know. is a diamond there. But you don't go in the Dymo Field and just walk out with a win. No. Exactly. You got to fight. You got to fight. And they came up They came up short. Sure. Okay, but they fought. Yeah. You know, you, that was the one thing that you saw. 
is that they continue to battle. And with Rance Gillespie now taking over at Brookstone, you know that the Cougars are on a different a different level now. Are you ready to see the Brookstone Cougars pass? Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be wow. That's gonna be different. Like they're when they did pass, they were they were good at it. But mm-hmm. now it's gonna be the main part of that offense. Exactly, it's gonna be almost an air raid. So here we go. But um, I think what better two games to start off your season to get ready for the AISA games? Like, look, when Lee, when the Lee Scott game comes around, and shout out to Lee Scott, by the way, my Lord, to go to Lafayette and beat out Chambers like that on their home field. Yo, we'll get back to that. But for them to get ready for a, the AISA like that with these two teams, Lord, you'll be ready to go. Yep. You'll be ready to go for sure. Brookstone mm-hmm. is another program. Look, things didn't work. The Blair Harrison chapter ended, and you know, think you know, time. It maybe it was just time, and now you know, God put Blair in a position where he needed to be. Mm-hmm. But Rance is now in a position with with uh, Brookstone. He's a guy who has embraced the legacy and the identity mm-hmm. of the Cougars beautifully. Exactly, and not only that, you got to remember they've done the school has done a ton of investment in this oh, program. Yeah. That new stadium, bro. the new the new stadium. All kinds of stuff. It's just going to be incredible mm-hmm. when they open it up. But I mean, just expectations the, will come with a lot of that, though. There are a lot of expectations. Remember, Brookstone's, you know, in the GIAA now. And they, you know what? There, this is a community. If you aren't from Columbus, they want to win mm-hmm. and win a lot. At exactly. So they, they are just as much as ready. You know, they didn't play last week, nope. but they are ready. You know, they had their scrimmage against Chad Coe a couple of weeks ago. They're ready just as much as anybody else. Right. And I, I, w- I will say this about their scrimmage against Chaco. Chaco, a tough place to play. And shout out to what Ryan McKenzie is doing at the, with the Chaco Panthers. That, mm-hmm. To fill Pierre Coffee's shoes a- anywhere, I know, Not I, easy. I know I couldn't do it. So with Ryan McKenzie, that's a team in, in the Chaco Panthers. I'm really, I'm really interested to see what they can do in 1A uh, that has a lot of grit. And they're also, they have a ton of dudes who are ready to make plays and they're passing offense. Rants, it, it, look, it takes time to get kids who are so used to running a run first op- offense to become a passing offense. To a, to a different degree in a different stage, we're seeing that happen at Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. Paul Johnson could call any play that he wanted to, you know, off the top of his dome, as we, as we heard with, uh, with Taekwon, that he could call thousands of plays off the top of his head. But they were all option plays. You're bringing kids up to like, look, we need to be a passing offense now because, trust me, it will work. I think the athletes are there. It's just getting them the reps in. So I'm really excited to see what they can do against Glenwood. It's going to be a fun game. Oh, yeah. I think it's just going to be it's gonna be along the same lines of last week with Pacelli and Glenwood. It's just going to be a fun game to a watch. A fun atmosphere, a good, a good regular season game where guys are like, you know what? Enough talk. Let's yeah. do this. I don't think I've ever I ever saw Pacelli as packed as it was Friday night. And I think you're going to see Gator Stadium packed out, not only to support the Ryan Nelson era, but to see Brookstone. Brookstone fans get ready for different kind of accommodations on the other side of the field. The swamp is is different. It's different. And let's just say it's built for a home field advantage. Yep. But it's going to be exciting to see what they can do. Can't wait. Last game we'll touch on this episode. Which, of again, we could, show. we could speak for another hour on these We matchups. really could, but... Another matchup that we Go didn't know we would see, but we are going to see it, is Harris County. They're looking to bounce back from yep. that loss of Troop County, taking on Russell County in their season opener. <sighs> year two under Dylan Griggs. So Dylan Griggs has been a guy who uh, we, I think we have to give him just as much credit as we do to like the Clifford stories of the world. Yep. Like Russell County was an afterthought. Mm-hmm. And no, no disrespect to a lot of the coaches that were there before them, but Russell County was a, was a program that was – you know, it was pretty much a, a place that people didn't really it talk was about tough. football. It was tough. It was a baseball school, and, you know, credit to what they did with the baseball program. But at this point, Dylan Griggs is a guy who's like, I've been an underdog my entire life, so why not 
embrace that and, 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 and make that my identity in SEAL Alabama. If you don't know where SEAL Alabama is or know where Russell County High School is, you could probably blink and miss it. But now it's a destination. Yep. Tremendous facilities. Tremendous attitude. Tremendous uniforms. And I think we also heard it at East Alabama Media Days, a guy like A.J. Black, where you always bet on Black. Exactly. Um, this is everything you would want as a player. People who love on you. People who invest in you. People who will push you. This is what I hope a lot of programs in our area can become. It's tough. It's a lesson. It's a lesson learned, but the program there, in your time covering the prep zone, how relevant has Russell County been? Until last year. I mean, like, really, look. Really non-existent. Really non-existent. And, like, again, no disrespect, but that, that was just the results of what happened. But the Russell County Warriors are could become a legitimate, awesome they, contender. They were a heartbeat from the playoffs last year. So why not take that next step? Harris County? I mean, look, you, you, had, you got shut out on your, home, on your home field against a tremendous troop team. Why not go on the road and get some get, get, get Big some time of your money back. back? Yeah, get some of your money back. Why not? But it's not going to be easy. In no, CL, y'all. What what what's what are you looking forward to, especially in this one? I'm really looking forward to see that Harris County offense. I mean, Harris County taking the next step. But I'm looking to see Russell County take that next step to, as well. You know, we saw from fantastic things from that offense, and you know, we can always talk about AJ Black and the running back whose names forgive me, and I'm not trying to be like you. And forget no, players' names. Le- lesson learned. Lesson yeah. learned. But I want to see that Harris County, that Russell County defense, take that next step. Absolutely, Harris County again, a program that has tremendous amount of tradition and pride. Mm-hmm. Tay Crowder, Taquan Marshall, these guys are like they understand what it meant. Have the HC on your helmet. Yep. So I think this is going to be a great test. Uh, another what again? Props to the scheduling. You don't put Troop and you don't put Russell County on there to get two guaranteed wins. Exactly. You could put Scrubs on the on the schedule if you want to. Mm-hmm. And go and do no good to come region play. Exactly. You could get guaranteed wins out of them. Yeah, absolutely. You could be two and zero. You could be flying high, thinking that you're you know you're all that. But like these are these are teams that are going to challenge you and going to reveal things that you need to. And work these on. are teams that are going to be. You know, more than likely playoff teams. More than likely playoff teams. Russell County, like, they're in 5-6A, right? They're still in 6A, yes. Still in 6A. I mean, when you take on a 5A school like Harris County, I mean, that that's saying something now. And you're going to have fans excited to come out there with LED light. Look, we're talking about a lot of the frosting on there. Mm-hmm. But the content of the football team and that, those football players, tremendous. Exactly. So, can we give a shout-out to also the Jamie DeBose? The Jamie DeBose coaching tree in this area is pretty it's growing. Off the top of my head, it is Ryan Nelson and Dylan Griggs. I'm sure there are more people. In it this. is growing. It is growing, and you're seeing that those guys have a tremendous heart, tremendous passion, and tremendous work ethic for their team. It's just going to take time. As long as they keep on doing it, and like, you know, he, Coach Griggs mentioned it also at Media Days, I'm not challenging you to be ordinary. I'm challenging you to be extraordinary. And that is the challenge that the Warriors have, and I think they're going to embrace it. Exactly. I can't wait for it. We got, Like I told you at the top of the show, we got a ton of incredible oh, games. Yeah. And the best part about it is the majority of the games we just talked about, you're going to see on the prep zone Friday night. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. Or at least we're going to talk about them. I mean, other games we could talk about real quick. Any games off the top of your head that you want to talk about that are really exciting? Man. You follow it comes off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, you follow Stan Hope Elmore. You took the words right out of yeah. my mouth. Like, I'm ready to see what go the first you fall a home game of the season – under the, in the Jarrell Jernigan era, I'm ready to see what that looks like. And I think uh, shout out to Chuck Williams and want, listen to the Chuck Williams show. But Jarrell Jernigan, the first African American head coach, first black head coach for the Ufala Tigers in a tremendous amount of history. You get a former Ufala Tiger um, who 
gosh, set records almost everywhere he went. A Super Bowl champion now leads the Ufala Tigers. I mean, that's somebody great to listen to. Exactly. But he's a guy that loves that community, understands what it, what that community wants, and I think it's going to be a great move for them and for the Drell Jernigan era. San Hope Elmore, always a contender, especially yep. at that level. Golly, man. I love, I love this time of the year. It's just fun. It's just going to be fun. And it's I just think fun. Another thing, that, another matchup that I'm really looking forward to, Chambers Academy, unfortunately, you know, Shout out to Lee Scott. Like, they're going to be great. As you mentioned, I think before, is that it just it took a matter of time with Buster Daniel. Yep. And it's working now with Lee Scott. Chambers Academy now going from that challenge to FPD. Wow. I mean, y'all boys, good luck. I, no no warming up in the bullpen. bullpen. The Rebels, though, aren't, aren't one to ever shy away from challenges. No, Jason, never have. Jason Allen and those boys want to get back to Montgomery and to the state championship game. It was weird not talking about Chambers in the AISA championship week. It, it just was. Exactly. Now, for them to get to the Cramden Bowl, FPD going to get you there. Mm-hmm. Like playing FPD, a team that is constantly in the – they were constantly in the – I mean, you've lived in the state longer than I have. Constantly in the championship picture, right? Yeah, they're – you know, every they play in the GISA for the longest time, and then they made their way to the GHSA. And then the GIAA and they, again? And oh, they're back in the GIAA now. Gotcha. And they're a team that is consistently a team that you're going to find in the playoffs. Like you don't find you don't find FPD you know middling around five hundred or below you know you find FPD in the playoffs and usually deep in the playoffs. So we're very excited to see how far they can go. And Chambers again, you want to get ready for AISA playing if you playing FPD and what they can do down there is going to be exciting. Yeah, I'm going to say getting a, a game against Lee Scott and then a game against FPD, it's a it'll be a learning experience. We know Jason Allen, you know he talks about you know. It's going to be a learning experience for his team this year. This will be a learning experience. Championship standard always at Lafayette with the Chambers Academy Rebels. So yep. this will get you ready. Mm-hmm. You want to be small town famous? You go do stuff like this. Yep, absolutely. Take steps towards that what all-time famous mm-hmm. line that they want. So I'm really excited. Again, for the Rebels, looking forward to how far they can go. Lee Scott. Sweet helmets, by the way. Right? Can we talk about yes. that? The, the drip is real for Lee Scott. Yeah. The Ole Miss style helmets. They look great. The only time the Ole Miss will get any credit around this part of SEC country. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, man. But that's week two, baby. Week two in the books. That's going to do it, as always, two in Thursday and Friday right here on the on WRBL News 3. We'll have games Thursday night at 11. Of course, Friday night at 11.15. Yes, the prep zone. We guide you through all the high school games in the area. But, Rex, we got to wrap this show up. So, tell the people how they can find us. Well, guys, thank you again for listening for this version of the Prep Zone Preview brought to you by On Your Sidelines. Check us out Tuesdays at yeah, around this uh, around 3 p.m. But check us out again on Spotify, on uh, Apple Podcasts, and iHeart. And, of course, on our website, WRBL.com. We'll keep you engaged on social media. Jack, where can they find us there? Yeah, on social media, you can follow me at TV on Twitter. Rex is at Rex Castillo TV on Twitter. Yep. WRBL Jack Patterson, WRBL Rex Castillo on Facebook. And as always, follow the News 3 Sports accounts at WRBL Sports on Twitter. WRBL News 3 Sports on Facebook. I know this is on your sidelines. <laughs> Rex, take us home. Guys, thanks again once again for joining us on On Your Sidelines with the Prep Zone preview. I just tweeted this out. Uh, public apology to Tay Gay coming out soon. I got you. I'm not in midseason form. Going to speak to the Opelika Bulldogs later this week. I'll bring my cleats. It just happens, man. I mean, it happens, but, you know, we're trying everything we can to not make it happen again. You just want Eric Speakman to make you run. Pretty much. I got my cleats, coach, and I'll run run some sprints or run run those uh, stadiums. You're a special kind of crazy, Rex Castillo. Going to bring the water on that one. But thanks again for joining us, guys. We'll see you next week for the OG High School Preview Show created by that man, Jack Patterson, my good brother. Season nine. Season nine. Season nine, y'all. We'll see you next week. See you guys.